Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Our Big Show, the podcast that goes over through Rutgers football and Big Ten football every week. And this is edition week number five as the Rutgers Scarlet Knights are getting ready to host the number four team in the nation at High Point Solution Stadium Saturday night at 8 p.m., a uh, primetime Big Ten network game where Rutgers will take on another one of these big opponents that are becoming a little more commonplace as they uh, enter their second season or in their second season in the Big Ten. And Rutgers will uh, host the Spartans uh, for the first time since a uh, very big game back in 1994 uh, when Michigan State last came out here. And uh, for those who want to take that trip down memory lane, it was one of the bigger wins uh, in the program's history, a 19-14 victory over Michigan State, uh, which... Uh, for many, it was kind of the start of the positioning of Rutgers football uh, in its uh, current form of, of, of moving out of one of the more beleaguered programs of, of the NCAA football and eventually leading itself into the path of, uh, of entering itself into the Big Ten. And that now seems like a very long time ago. Is Obviously, it's 2015, but... Uh, uh, you know, uh, I said two, 1994, I'm sorry, but it was 2004 where, <laughs> uh, that that game took place. But uh, this week uh, is a is an opportunity, I think, uh, for Rutgers fans uh, who got a little bit of a, uh, I guess, a jolt into their morale, I would say, as uh, Leontay Peru was uh, reinstated and will be playing in this game. And, uh, you know, we try to keep off the off-the-field topics um, and, and so many things that have taken place at, at Rutgers in his last uh, month and a half that, uh, you know, getting this kind of news in terms of uh, a it's really best player, the best player, at least on the offensive side of the ball, back in fold and, and you know, perhaps uh, giving the Scarlet Knights a, a, and their fans some hope. And it's really a lot about hope as, as you go into these, these games Michigan State, number four team in the nation, five and zero. Despite the fact that they are uh, were probably beaten up a lot this past week, as they were number two in the nation and and uh, had a very close call against some um, Purdue Boilermakers after being up twenty eight nothing and that game finishing twenty eight to one, but twenty eight to twenty one. But regardless of of the score of that game. Um, this is a very good football team and uh, a, a team that probably will be looking to write itself in terms of, of putting together a good show and keep themselves in the conversation of of national championship, really, a national championship uh, conversation. Uh, and and they will be looking to get themselves right back on track uh, this, this week against the, the Scarlet Knights. So, uh a great show. I'm looking forward to uh, hosting this night. I have uh, Hondo Carpenter from Spartan Nation. He's a TV radio guy, and we've had him on the show before. Uh, really good insight. Looking forward to talking to him. And then later on, uh, Bobby Darren uh, from ScarletNation.com, who, uh, who's also been a guest of the show before, will be back and making a uh, uh, another uh, uh, 
trip onto us and talk a little bit about the perspective of Rutgers and, and we'll touch base on also the fact that this game behind all other things is also a big recruiting game, putting together the atmosphere. You know, it's a blackout, it's a Saturday night game. It's going to be a beautiful weather and an opportunity again for Rutgers to showcase itself uh, to prospective recruits. So uh, from that perspective, it will be an opportunity again um, for the Scarlet Knights, and, and they need to play well. They need to play well, and there's also going to be a lot of eyes on, on the quarterback play, Chris uh, Laviano, who, um, despite completing 72% of his passes, still has many skeptics in, in the uh, arena or, you know, I guess uh, amongst the fans, and his ability to, to lead the team now has all his weapons uh, in terms of the skill players with uh, Carew back in there, a strong running game and an opportunity to to uh, perhaps uh, show that he can stretch the field and get the ball down the field. So that is another storyline that will take place uh, leading up to the game. So right now, uh, this is a two and two team a, that you know I, has obviously gone through some struggles with the suspensions and, and uh, not so much even suspensions or I guess the actual uh, kicked off the team of, of the defensive backs and uh, on the defensive side of the ball, but an opportunity here uh, to perhaps put together a good showing and, and kind of get some of the uh, fan base back. It's, it's a really brutal stretch that's going to be taking place over the next uh, couple of weeks. Obviously, Michigan State, uh, is is first on the uh, on the docket, but a game next week will be at Indiana. Indiana, who really gave obviously Ohio State all that it could handle, and then uh, after that, you're, you're you're looking at Ohio State itself and games against um, Wisconsin and Nebraska. So, uh, really, really a, uh, a a a grueling part of the schedule that that Rutgers will have to go through. And last season, obviously, with the Seven and five finish, uh, a win versus Michigan, um, who's also another team that now is ranked and will be on the schedule. Uh, just a, you know, in order to get yourself at least to six and six, and to, or possibly to seven and five, and to get yourself into a bowl game, they're gonna have to steal some of these games. I'm not saying this is the game that that has to be stolen, but uh, you know, whether it's knocking off Nebraska, whether it's knocking off um, Michigan. Uh, one of those games have to take place. And this is a game where I think a lot of people are going to be looking to see uh, if, if Rutgers will be able to uh, step up and play well. So um, opening up the uh, calls and the lines, the number is 914-338-1694. So uh, definitely um, try to chime in out towards the end of the show and get a discussion going. I'd like to hear everyone's thoughts on, on the Rutgers football program and what they are looking to see. So, uh, you know, again, we'll chat a little bit about um, Rutgers and then also some Big Ten next week's show. Uh, definitely looking to uh, get uh, a a favorite of the show or a favorite guest of the show, uh, Hoosier Huddle, will be coming in and talking about Indiana and previewing that game. Uh, a really good game, actually, that Indiana put out there against Ohio State. I think uh, – probably in retrospect uh, some of the management of that game towards the end 
uh, left a little bit to be desired from the Hoosier standpoint. But, uh, you know, the Big Ten is actually, you know, looking to be a little interesting. Look at Northwestern, who is really probably potentially the second or third best team in, in the conference. Iowa had a big win last week against uh, uh, Wisconsin. So it's starting to kick off the Big Ten portion, the conference play. This is October, and the Scarlet Knights um, obviously themselves will be uh, going through that part of the schedule. And, uh, you know, definitely uh, on the defensive side of the ball last year, last week, we, you know, the news of Darius Hamilton being out uh, for the rest of the season is something that really uh, it, it's going to hurt and come into play. You know, when you look at these programs and you look at uh, Michigan State and these Big Ten teams, and it's it's a lot of it is the depth, the depth that that you have to have to go through these season, this grueling part of the schedule, and uh, you know that will be tested again on on the Rutgers side of it. Uh, and the other thing I always want to touch base whenever you know you play these games and you look at uh, some of the players from these teams. Uh, you know, it's, it's always hard not to notice the New Jersey players on, on these rosters. This week, uh, uh, Shalit Calhoun, the uh, defensive star, defensive end for Michigan State, is another one of those New Jersey players that is playing in the uh, in the Big Ten. And you know, I would say, you know, what is it that keeps Rutgers fans so so in tune with the fact that there is so much potential in this program? Is that there is a lot of talent in this state, and and when you uh, come across some of these other Big Ten programs with players in New Jersey, it just kind of makes you wonder. You know, if you look at a player like Calhoun, uh, you throw in a Julius Peppers in Michigan, or an Eli Apple uh, at Ohio State, throw those guys onto the defensive records, and, and you have one of the better programs, one of the best defenses. In the league. And that's, you know, always going to be something that, uh, you know, will definitely take place and take a look at on this show. So, uh, you know, we mentioned the Big Ten play that's going in this week, I think, in terms of uh, marquee games, yeah, Northwestern uh, going out to Michigan. Northwestern is 5-0, and right, 13. Michigan is 4-1 uh, uh, now, having rebounded or appeared to rebound from that first loss to Utah. That's a big game uh, at 3-30, and that'll be on, on the Big Ten network in terms of uh, two ranked teams. Uh, Another one is, I think, Illinois and Iowa. Where Illinois is still for one, led by the former offensive coordinator of Rutgers uh, from back in the day, uh, Bill Cuban, and obviously looking to keep that job potentially. Uh, and he uh, takes a four-one Illinois team into Iowa. He's now ranked um, 22 in the nation after knocking off uh, 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 Wisconsin last week. Uh, Wisconsin is a team that. Uh, you know, continues to struggle, I think, offensively. And the opportunity there for uh, teams that are playing them, you know, you, you, if you can get some of that uh, pressure with Corey Clement injured, by the way, another New Jersey player, and the onus on the passing game uh, you know, just is, is not there. So, you know, there's a lot of storylines still taking place from the Rutgers' perspective. And um, you look at the rest of the season, and there are opportunities for for Rutgers to do a game. But if they need to come out and start playing well in this game, whether it's uh, 
a victory or really just to get their confidence back uh, with a well-played game. Uh, there was still obviously some, uh, I guess, not downplay, but some uh, discouragement in the Kansas game. Kansas, obviously, a team that is not very good. And there was a moment in that game that they were a quarter where it was uh, 27-7-7. And the Scarlet Knights really had a chance to hammer it home. and uh, Just a, a slew of penalties. Um, uh, and just not the type of finish that you needed really to inspire confidence confidence uh, in in uh, the rest of the Big Ten play. And I think, you know, one of the things when you look at Leontay Kuhu coming back is will, will Rutgers kind of expand the offensive playbook or or is it Laviano himself not taking the, the throws, the deeper throws? And uh, that's going to have to happen. This is college football. You're going to have to score some points. So uh, if the Scarlet Knights can get the running game going – behind Hicks and behind James and behind Martin, get some play action. Uh, you know, looking back to the Norfolk State game, the second half when Peru did come in, uh, Laviano did take his chances, obviously. <laughs> three three touchdowns um, to Peru himself. So there is a, uh, a, a, a clear connection that, you know, perhaps uh, Laviano will, will take his chances with his best player. And they'll need to do that. They'll need to do that. They'll need to get play action going. They need to run the ball, get play action going. Perhaps we'll see some generic grant uh, on underneath routes. Uh, you know, just having a player like who opens up things for a lot of things, players like uh, uh, Patton and Agadosi. And this is what workers will have to do, but they're going to have to score points. Uh, I think uh, Michigan State actually just broke a streak of 12 games or, or in a row of scoring over 30 points a game. And now uh, they still have one of the longer streaks in the nation of over 20 points. Uh, you have a, an NFL quarterback in, in Connor Cook who who um, hasn't thrown the ball as much as, as as one would expect. But, you know, obviously looking at film and looking at Rutgers film, you would expect them to, again, pack the, uh, the inexperienced um, secondary of Rutgers and throw the ball a little bit more than they would. Now, last year when Rutgers went out to uh, – the Lansing, they were they were pounded and pounded heavily on the ground. Uh, Jeremy Langford, who's now uh, in a Chicago Bears uniform, uh, you know, had another one of those games that uh, became all too common against the defense last year. And you know, this was some good running backs, that, you know, with Amir Abdullah, uh, Gordon, you know, obviously uh, uh, as I mentioned, Langford, and that's what the Big Ten, Kevin Coleman, is about. But uh, you would expect uh, more of the same. The Spartans have had uh, some issues in terms of, of getting uh, injuries, and their offensive line is a little bit banged up. We'll find out uh, how banged up uh, they are and whether some of those players are on their way to being back in this week. And it's very possible that um, some of those injured uh, Spartans will be back in the game. But nevertheless, it's a... It's a uh, a question that uh, Spartan fans probably want to know is when are they going to open up their offense uh, through the passing game? And I think uh, uh, if you're sitting there and you're the coordinator, uh, you probably would expect uh, 
this to be the game against an experienced secondary. So again, Rutgers will have to be prepared for uh, a, a a quick passes that we've seen against Penn State and those kind of uh, uh, same type of um, where you stress that the good tackling are made and and yeah, if they're spread out, you're looking to uh, run the ball up uh, against the Michigan State, against uh, the Rutgers defensive line, who's without its uh, best player on the defensive side of the ball, Darius Hamilton out. So uh, expect a lot of that, more of the same in terms of, of there. But, you know, bottom line is going to come down to the execution on the offensive side of the ball for Rutgers. They'll need to score points. The offense will have to. Uh, not commit the kind of penalties that we saw last game against uh, Kansas and um, just be able to be a little bit crisper and not shoot itself in the foot and when, when they have an opportunity uh, to move the ball. And if they do, uh, you know, things like special teams will have to come and play. And here, of course, you know, Michigan State, we go back to the Michigan game last year where uh, – the Rutgers was able to block like a field goal, a key field goal in that game. And we need to see a little bit more of that. We haven't seen any blocks yet this year, which for Rutgers is actually uh, not something that we're used to. Janarian Grant has been, you know, uh, anything but, you know, beyond spectacular. We can't ask for much more from him, but, uh, you know, they will probably need another big play for him in this game too. So both on the return side of it as well as on the uh, uh, whether it's blocking a field goal too, you know, Rutgers will need to get out there on special teams and get an advantage somewhere because uh, it's going to be difficult going into this game and playing uh, and and beating the number four team in the nation without almost playing a perfect game, if you will. So uh, look forward to that and, and getting back on the field and kind of focusing and seeing what this team would be now with its full offense. Uh, with, you know, as I mentioned, uh, getting Kuru back in the fold is something that uh, you would expect them, um, uh, you know, to, to take some opportunities. So, again, number is going to be uh, 914-338-1694. Uh, give me a call, you know, get some uh, thoughts on what you think about the game coming up, um, whether or not there's a morale boost both on the player side of it, the fan side of it. Uh, it's going to be a, a, a beautiful day. I think we're talking about, you know, one of the few opportunities uh, if you're into tailgating, get out there, uh, 8 o'clock start. Uh, you know, many people already have all their activities done for the night and, and really not an excuse not to get out there uh, and enjoy uh, this football environment. So that would be a, an interesting um, aspect of it from, from the perspective of of the fans. And this is a blackout. I threw out a stat, I think, uh, the other day where uh, I was thinking that since that 2004 game, the is actually 3-0 against Michigan teams at home. And he's uh, knocking off that Michigan State team in 2004. They beat Michigan last year in a squeeze in a win over uh, Eastern Michigan. So, uh, and also, you know, you're looking for stats. Stats are fun. And I think, you know, Rutgers is get to lead one of these advertised blackouts uh, you know, where they ask the fans to come in and wear the black and and, uh, and, and uh, team do the same, especially on these views. You know. They're going to be donning different black helmets uh, this week, so that would be something different to look at. Uh, but we're actually uh, 
uh, you know, looking forward to, to that from that perspective. But again, back to uh, Big Ten games. I mentioned just to round out the rest of the Big Ten schedule, Minnesota will be taking on um, Purdue. Purdue now, you know, coming off of that big game that they play against Michigan State. And then a big one really in terms of positioning itself in the Big Ten East, uh, Indiana and Penn State. Both teams are 4-1. and So that's one that uh, could go either way in terms of uh, who is actually going to win and and kind of start to position these standings um, for the rest of the season on that end. So uh, a lot of football still left to go, and I'm very excited in terms of, of getting back on and getting uh, the Michigan State uh, game in and, and seeing where, where Rutgers really is as, as a team. And perhaps if they have an opportunity uh, to really evaluate Chris Laviano at, at this time. I mean, you know, you have now your full set through all Arsenal, and uh, it'll be interesting to see whether or not uh, that is uh, taken into account if, if there's any struggles from Laviano and, and if the coaching staff. This, of course, being the last game that uh, Kyle Flood is suspended for, um, you know, if there's any time in the game where we don't see that the offense is moving, knowing that Laviano has career and whether or not there will be a move made for, for uh, uh, you know, going to, to Hayden Reddy. So, you know, it's, it's a tough decision, but it is something that's in the arsenal of most coaches, so we'll see. Anyway, I want to welcome um, uh, Hondo to the show. Hondo, uh, thanks for uh, coming back on, and uh appreciate you taking the time. Seem to have a little bit of a bad connection there. Apologize for that, guys. Uh, looking to uh, get a little bit of perspective from this from the uh, Spartan side of things. Um, you know, again, one of the things I'm curious to find out is the injury situation from from the uh, Spartans' perspective, and also what their team is thinking in terms of. Uh, having gotten beat up over the past week in, in the media. And, and, you know, this is this going to be an angry team that we see coming into uh, Piscataway this week? And very much so because, uh, you know, the national championship picture has become a little bit more not just getting yourself into the top four, but it's how you look. And, and we've seen some fluctuation as, as that close call pushed the uh, the Spartans from the number two team down to the number four team, so uh, you know that's one thing that if you if you look at can also make a team a little bit tight, right? When you're not just playing to win a game, but you're playing to look good. And I think you see that a lot with Ohio State. Uh, you know, everybody looks at how they played last year, how long, how sure, how how uh, young of the program they are and you're expecting them to go out and score 40, 50 points a game, and they're just not. And I think that also starts to wear down on you from the perspective of, of as a team, if you're not performing to these expectations, you, you tend to press and you press yourself. And I think uh, that's another storyline from the Michigan State perspective is uh, how much will they either be, you know, foaming at the seams to get out there and kick some butt or will – if early struggles, will there be a little bit of like, oh, you know, I don't want to get ourselves into another Purdue type of game. So 
uh, I think that's something that's that's an interesting uh, side from it. But looking forward uh, to uh, to getting out and um, in a little bit we'll talk and get uh, the Rutgers side of it. So again, anyone wants to call nine one four three three eight one six nine four is the number, and uh, definitely looking to uh, chat and and take some calls uh, on tonight. Uh, you know, back from this, you know, looking at the uh, this matchup from a uh, statistical standpoint, you know, we mentioned that that kind of Cook uh, being, uh, you know, by most consensus, a a potential high pick uh, in the in an upcoming draft, and a player that that Rutgers actually is going to have to uh, you know stop and and you know this year. He's had 124 attempts, um, which is by really not that much in terms of, of, of rolling the ball. Now, he's been very efficient in terms of 10 touchdowns, one interception, completing 59% of his passes, but only at a 7-yard, a 8-yards yard, per, per pass clip. So uh, it's, you know, one of those things where if he's going to be looking to uh, extend the field, he may want to uh, be able to get a good running game going. Now, last year, uh, this team was led by, by Langford. This year, it's kind of more of a two-headed uh, monster with L.J. Scott uh, and Madre London. Both of those guys are, are have carried the ball over 60 times this season, and uh, Scott has a little bit more of the oppressive statistical uh, uh, average of six yards carry, four touchdowns. London has three, uh, and they also... Connor Cook is a little bit of of a he's not I wouldn't say he's a mobile mobile quarterback but he will get out there and move around uh, as well as uh, has over sixty yards in the season rushing so the Michigan State player to watch in terms of statistics is uh, on the receiving side is Aaron Burbridge uh, he's twenty five catches into the year four hundred yards four fourteen yards and averaging over sixteen a clip with uh, four touchdowns. Um, and then Josiah uh, Price seems like one of those who catches uh, touchdowns most of the time. He has four in the season. So Rutgers um, will do his best in trying to contain the passing game um, through that end of it. Uh, and we'll see. Pondo, are you able to get back on? No, this is Bobby, Jer. Oh, Bobby, good. Uh, I guess I lost my opportunity there. Uh had some problems with the uh, – with the call-ins today. Bobby, welcome on back to the show. Appreciate you uh, jumping on. No problem. How you doing, man? Very good, very good. Um, I think, uh, you know, as, as as a fan, I probably you know, have to say, I think Rutgers and you know, and their fans and probably the team, you, you're down there, so you might have a lot more perspective of that. I uh, felt a little bit of a, of a jolt, I guess, in terms of the news of Leonte Peru coming back and being able to play. You know, just the opportunity to see the offense at full strength. Uh, did you get a vibe uh, from being around uh, the Hale Center? Did that kind of uh, resonate to the players as well? Well, you know, it kind of happened before our crew was able to come back. The bye week, um, coupled with the win over Kansas, it kind of put a positive vibe out for the team. And, and, you know, despite the fallbacks of the early part of the season, the team seems very confident going into this game. You know, the blackout, 
uh, having the extra week off. Um, also, you know, Michigan State has had its struggles early on. Combine all that with the fact that Carew is coming back, and they're carrying a lot of momentum into the game. I think they'll come out ready to play. Now, whether or not they, you know, they have the right schemes going against what is a tough Michigan State team, that remains to be seen. But they should come in with a lot of energy, and the vibe has been good um, leading up to this game. No, it's a great point. I mean, the bye week, um, you know, not only is it in terms of momentum coming after the Kansas State, it gives you an opportunity to to heal for any players that might have been banged up. Um, And in terms of um, injury-wise for Rutgers, uh, you know, obviously Darius Hamilton's out for the year. Um, Were there any players who were able to use that uh, extra week off uh, to get themselves back into uh, the fold? Well, it's interesting missing Hamilton. I think the whole defensive line has been struggling with injuries this year. Kamoko Toure really hasn't been 100%. That extra bye week may have helped him out. Uh, Juani Mara has been nursing some nagging injuries. So that whole defensive line really hasn't been 100%. So I think that will really help uh, from their perspective. You know, um, generating a pass rush is going to be key. And, you know, getting those bodies healthy, having Toure come off the edge at 100%, you know, is something that the Rutgers is really going to need heading through this uh, this Big Ten stretch, which is going to have some tough games. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, that extra week really helps some of those defensive linemen uh, in particular. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, I think, you know, most would say it's it's been a disappointing start so far for the defensive line. I mean, uh, you know, you look at, for instance, the Penn State game uh, where just the pressure wasn't there against a team that really – they struggled, uh, you know, for the most part against Temple and even last week against Army. And, and Rutgers just wasn't able to put that same type of pressure. Uh, Ture is a great example of someone that they'll need and, and need to get going in this game. Uh, now, you know, mentioned schemes and schemes defensively. Uh, you know, I think it's no secret that you're going to want to attack the Rutgers young defensive backfield, particularly uh, the corners. Um, you know, as I mentioned, uh, Cook is one of the best quarter, corner quarterbacks in the, in the whole conference, and um, he has not thrown as much as probably people expect, but uh, do you expect them to come out there and um, challenge the Rutgers DBs early? Yeah, you know, I, I think, well, first I think they're just going to try to control the line of scrimmage and, and, you know, establish some type of running game. But when they go through the air, you know, you mentioned the young corners, but a lot of, you know, their production really hinges upon the pass rush because, you know, the two kind of function is one. Um, I don't care how good of corners you have. If if the quarterback gets six, seven seconds to throw the ball, you know, he's he's going to make his receivers look good. Um but I think the young corners are coming along nicely. Uh, they haven't really been helped out by much of a pass rush, so you really kind of leave them out to dry in some sense. But um, I, I do think uh, Michigan State will mix it up a little bit of run and a little bit of the pass. And if they can establish the running game, it'll be a long night for Rutgers. So I think the key to stopping that pass all starts up front. Um, if that defensive line can somehow manage to slow the running game, you know, it, it, it'll help Rutgers a lot. Um, you know, Rutgers linebackers, I think, play well against the run. So it, if they can kind of bottle up the, the ground game, it'll really help, you know, in that pass defense with those young corners. And that's a great point. I mean, last year really it was uh, Langford who uh, kind of really uh, ripped off uh, a huge game against Rutgers. And, and you know, it, it, it was later in the season, so I think it's a little bit different in terms of uh, where they are right now. But you're right. I mean, um, it, Michigan State's been, like all the Big Ten teams, are going to look to control on scrimmage, and run the ball and run the ball pass. And uh, they kind of soften you up first. And, and that's where you know, Rutgers has to uh, – 
uh, you know, be prepared for. Um, the one thing that I've like, been a little bit adamant about, and you know, even going back to Kansas game, and, and it was a it was a victory, and you know, I just didn't come out feeling all that great at the end of the game, and where you know they had an opportunity kind of to put away this team and uh, and just you know get it going offensively. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot on on the onus of of Laviano now with his full arsenal weapons, if you will, uh, with with Carew back in here. Um, you know, let me ask you, how much pressure do you think is on him? And 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 if the offensive struggles, you know, the big question that we all you know talk about position is, uh, you know, yes, he's completing seventy percent of his passes, but we haven't seen them stretch. Now he did take some passes out there, take some shots from Carew when the Norfolk State game. So, um, but if you see any struggles, do you think Rutgers would would make that uh, switch, or do you think uh, this is still a situation where it's his team? Well, it seems like they're married to Laviano. I mean, he might know the playbook better. He probably makes better reads and checks, but the downfield passing game just hasn't been there. And and you know the coaches will say, well, he took the shorter routes. So sooner or later. Oh, when, when you're facing a team as talented as a Michigan State, you're going to have to make some some good throws downfield. You're going to have to fit those balls in the windows, and he really hasn't proven that he can do it yet. Um, uh, in Laviano, I mean, Norfolk State, you know, those corners are going to be a lot different than the ones they face um, this Saturday night. So I think he's going to have to make some downfield throws for them to be successful. And you know, when he doesn't throw downfield, uh, you know, they could stack the box and cheat up and. And, and, you know, play that man coverage and, and really, you know, Michigan State can pin their ears back and go after him because, uh, you know, they already have 18 sacks on the year. Um, Shalik Calhoun, Calhoun's going to be a nightmare, particularly when he's going up against J.J. Denman. Um, so, you know, he's going to have to find a way to fit that ball in some tight windows. Now, will they replace him? You know, I, I thought they might have through the first four games, but it seems like they're really sticking with him. So, um, barring a catastrophic performance, I think you'll see Laviano all the way through. That's an yeah, interesting perspective. Uh, um, and I think that's what most people are expecting. But, again, uh, you know, you, you're hoping for a positive performance and not to get into that. But, uh, you know, I just I just think, you know, in terms of uh, this is college football, you can flip the channels and watch games all over the place and, uh, you know, there's points to be put on the board, and I don't think Rutgers can expect to grind it out and win uh, defensive struggles against, uh, you know, top teams like this, and particularly, uh, you know, a, a number four team in the nation. So if you're going to do it, you're going to definitely have to make some plays. Now, back to um, Carew himself. I mean, obviously he's been out for a few weeks, um, you know, since that second game against Washington State. Uh, what what kind of shape is there? A game shape that you need to get back in, or you know, has he been secretly tossing the ball of a high school player somewhere? Or um, do you know anything about that in terms of what he's been able to do over the last couple of weeks? You know, Leontes always been in great physical condition, so I, I don't think that'll be a problem. I don't think a two week layoff will really hurt him. And, and yeah, he was you know staying staying active and. It, it's not like he was just sitting on the couch waiting for the phone to ring. So, um, you know, he's always been an exceptional athlete. And, you know, I started covering the team in 2007, and, and the only receiver I've seen better on Rutgers is Kenny Britt than, than Carew. I mean, just does do a multitude of things, um, excellent catching the ball, going deep, he's strong. I mean, he's just a complete package. Now, that being said, he's only one player, so uh, they're going to have to get the ball to him, but I wouldn't expect him to miss a beat out there on Saturday night. Yeah, and while he's one player, I think though it does definitely open up uh, 
the opportunity you know, in, in the right formations. If they're running the ball, you, you can you know, have him uh, run out a little deeper, perhaps get a little grant going across the middle, go going underneath it with you know, a pattern across the middle. It just opens things up in terms of, of the fact that Mitchell has to pay attention. So it, 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 but you'll still depend on the offensive line. You mentioned uh, Shalou Calhoun, and, and this is you know probably – uh, I don't know where you would rank them against Penn State, but uh, definitely uh, one of the best uh, defensive lines in the conference. Yeah, and, and you know the thing about Calhoun is he's a field defensive end, so he flips sides. Now, when he goes against um, Keith Lumpkin, I think Lumpkin can handle him well. But when he flips sides and goes to JJ Demon, that's that's when I, I think he could have a field day because Demon has struggled this year. I think he's more of a true guard than a tackle. So if you see Calhoun lining up on him, I think it will be wise for Rutgers to uh, to have somebody, you know, helping back there, running back or, you know, have a wing over there like they've been doing recently. So um, this this Michigan State defensive line is, is, you know, it's primed to give Rutgers fit. So they're really going to have count for everybody. And on those plays, like I had mentioned, they're, they're going to have to give some guys help. And, and I think, you know, a lot of that comes in the scheming. I don't know if you remember way back when Rutgers went in to Syracuse back uh, during the Shiano era. They were ranked 25th in the country and favored by 10 points, and Syracuse blew them out. And it wasn't because of anything they did out physicaling them um, at the line of scrimmage. They just had schemes where guys were coming untouched. So Rutgers can't afford to let anybody come through without a body on them, maybe even two. Uh, that's, but that was a, <laughs> I, I, one of the games that I secretly uh, kind of pinpoint as, as a big game in, in the uh, really Rutgers kind of, I wouldn't say, you know, when they were rising up from 2006 and, and you, know, you continue to see that progression, and you were right, they were ranked 25 and and just what they did. And that was they just came in and came at them and, and really, you know, beat up on, on, on Savage that day. And really uh, uh, it, it kind of uh, changed, I think, in the outcome of, of his Tenure here at Rutgers and and that are you know where he sat in the next game. So now I remember that a lot. Um, on the defensive side of the ball for Rutgers, uh, you know I'm not sure there's a lot of or I shouldn't say that if uh, if you feel the confidence of, of of whether Rutgers' defensive side or can come up with a plan similar like that. It, it seems still when pressed uh, they get a little bit conservative and, and try to protect the defensive backs, but. Uh, you know, are, are they going to try to go after uh, Connor Cook in this game? I think you have to because if you play it safe um, over four quarters, I don't think they're going to stand up to him. And they're going to Joe Rossi's going to need to put together a, a very good scheme, start bringing pressure from different areas, hide some pressure, you know, run some stunts with some guys, and 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 really mix it up so that Michigan State really doesn't know what's coming. Because if he plays guys back like, you know, he's, you know, historically done eight, nine, ten-yard cushions with the corners, I I mean, I I just don't know that that'll get it done. So when you look at the defensive performance, um, when all said and done on Saturday night, I think a lot can be attributed to the schemes that that Joe Rossi drew up and ran against him. And and a lot falls on the shoulder of the coaching staff for this game because, let's face it, Michigan State's number four in the country, and and they are stacked a little more than Rutgers. So – the difference there, you know, is, is going to have to come with the coaching. And, and I think Rossi's really going to have to dial in and, and bring some pressure, like I had mentioned, create some turnovers and, and really, you know, come up with some uh, unique plays where, where he can, uh, you know, give his defense some type of advantage. You know, they say what um, imitation is the highest form of flattery. I mean, uh, 
you know, I don't know how close you paid attention to the game last week of Purdue, uh, but, you know, if, what do you think that maybe Rutgers would gain from watching that second half that Purdue was able to do um, that they could potentially try to replicate against uh, Michigan State? You know, I didn't watch that one in, in great detail, so so I can't comment on the X's and O's of it. But, you know, taking that kind of film and, and, and putting it together, uh, you should definitely find some weaknesses, find some tendencies. But, you know, historically when a team comes out and, and a team like Michigan State comes out and plays – uh, you know, a subpar team like Purdue to that to that close of a game, chances are they're going to come out next week very fired up. You see it week to week in college football. So I think Rutgers is really going to have to come out strong, uh, establish some things on both sides of the ball early, you know, before it gets away. And if they can do that, I think they might be able to hang around. Michigan State has some injuries, but like I said, it, it's going to take, you know, some downfield passing, you know, good blocking, some unique schemes and pressure from the defense. I think they're going to have to put that all together, not turn the ball over and create some turnovers as well. Special teams will have to come into play. You know, all that stuff's going to have to click. Yeah, I think that special teams, obviously, which has always been a neutralizer for, for Rutgers over the years, uh, you know, in these type of games, you look back, uh, uh, you know, whether it's South Florida, USF, you know, Michigan last year, if, if it was a block field goal or a key block punt, uh, you know, obviously I think a little bit they're kind of falling back on dependence a lot on, on Janarian Grant, but uh, they will have to uh, turn it up on, on the special teams uh, side of the ball. Now this game, you know, it's, it's Saturday night. It's a blackout. Uh, you know, you expect the crowd. It's a beautiful day. It's going to be a great day. I mean, there's really – uh, you know, not much excuses from the fans' perspective to not, you know, get there, get there early. The atmosphere, I think, is going to be great. So, obviously, it's an opportunity for Rutgers to showcase itself, both on TV and, and to uh, recruits. Uh, you know, what is the expectation in terms of, uh, you know, some big players and how many players uh, that will be making it out on Saturday night? Uh, you mean players recruit-wise? Or, or? Uh, uh, recruits, correct, yes. Oh, okay. I think it's going to be a handful. I mean, you know, um, in, in that respect, we're still finalizing our list, which we'll put out tomorrow. But um, it's not going to be a huge amount because it's going to be, you know, t- seats are limited. So um, it's going to be one of those invites only. So you'll see some local guys up there. Sean's busy putting together the list now for our Fat Cat tomorrow. So we'll have that all for you then. But um, I would expect some guys out there. But I wouldn't expect, you know, the, the hundred or so recruits that, that sometimes we've seen in the past. Yeah, not to mention it's also a, uh, a Friday, a Saturday night where some of the players are still be playing, and, or if they're you know from other kind of state, a lot of times uh, you know swinging, but this is in the middle of the season, so it may not be a big. But uh, you know, I think regardless of whether they're there or you're watching this on TV, uh, you know, really it's it's just imperative that that the team shows well. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you know some of the comments you get from talking to, you know about the Penn State game was just how. Uh, you know, it just it didn't look like it was a contest uh, or, you know, they had a chance to win after, you know, that, that you know, second half. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't know if you agree, but I really just, you know, no one fully expecting we want them to win, but no one is expecting to knock off the number four team. But to really go out there and put together a good showing, uh, I think, is something that's important. Yeah, you know, I, I like you, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I, I think from a recruiting perspective, they don't have to go out and upset the team, but they have to go out and play tough and, and stay in the game. And, 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 you know, recruits understand that, you know, this is the number four team in the country. Michigan State might, you know, lose one, two games all year. Um, so, um, 
as long as they can make it respectable. Now, if the game, you know, is, is out of hand by halftime, that, that's when it kind of negatively affects and sticks in the minds. But if, if they can stick around to the third, fourth quarter, I mean, that's a victory in itself when it comes to recruiting because you can sell kids by saying, look, we're almost there. If, if you come here, you can put us over the edge to get there. So I think that's very important from a recruiting perspective. And it's a great point. I mean, I, I, I mentioned at the top of the show, I mean, I think the big sell always will be you know, when you're Rutgers and you look at some of these players, you know, we're talking about Shalit Calhoun here, a New Jersey player. And, you know, I mentioned some of the other guys that are like obviously George Peppers and, uh, you know, Eli Apple. I mean, you throw those guys onto Rutgers and you have yourself, a, you know, a ranked team probably, you know, and this is what you got to, you're preaching to these kids that say, hey, look, you know, this team is hanging in there uh, with you. You know, we can not only hang in there but beat them. So that becomes the sell, and I think that's what, what Rutgers have to do, but they have to play well in order to do that. Um, I, now, practices were still closed uh, to the media. Is that correct? Uh, this week they opened up practice on Wednesday, um, but uh, it, we had access to it, got in there watching a little bit on, on Wednesday, move around and whatnot. Energy was pretty good. And, um, yeah, the, the schedule's a little more limited than it was last year, but it's still pretty good as as far as access is concerned. So um, we got to watch them, you know, perform on Wednesday. Like I said, it was pretty lively. Um, you know, guys are enthusiastic. And talking to them all, they, they, they think they can win this game. And, you know, they're going to have to harness that energy early and come up with a big play, a turnover, because if they come up and, and give up two touchdowns right away, it, it'll snowball quickly. But I I think, you know, college football, when you got a team that starts believing and making some plays, that's the great thing about it. You know, you, you look and you can see a team that's not supposed to win that might be 17-point underdogs that, hey, they're hanging around. And so I think it's important to, to harness that energy early and get something going because if not, it could be a long night. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, especially, um, you know, you, whether or not it, it's true or not, just you know, the emotion of the crowd feeding into it, a team that you know, quote unquote, struggled last week. Uh, you know, you know, even though they were really were up twenty to nothing, and but uh, it all of that plays into the the psyche of the players and gives them, you know, hopefully some some belief in in, uh, in getting there. Now, you know, before I let you go, let me ask, you know, like, what is your biggest key to the game? From my perspective, I think it's the offensive line for Rutgers. Uh, you mentioned, you know, Denman versus Calhoun. I mean, uh, if they can't run the ball and they can't push, get a push at the front of the line. I think it just makes things difficult in terms of play action and scoring. So uh, I don't know what your biggest, uh, I guess, key point of the game is, but, uh, uh, you know, what are you thinking? Well, you know, I, I think that is an important point is the offensive line. But uh, not to echo that sentiment, I'll say, you know, the quarterback's play is going to be important because, you know, there's going to be a point where they stop the run and, and they have – you know, much better corners than Rutgers have seen this year. So that quarterback is going to have to make some tight throws, and and Chris Laviano is going to have to step up and play better throwing the ball downfield, not throwing those interceptions, not making those dumb decisions. Um, you know, he, he's going to have to make some throws because, you know, they can think he can ride Josh Hicks and, and Robert Martin for a while, but sooner or later, you know, they're going to have to establish the passing game. So I think he's going to have to make some throws. And even if he is getting pressure, he's going to have to stand up and, and, and make some throws in the face of pressure. So I think a lot of that burn, it falls on him. And uh, when you look at the, the, the final score and, you know, a lot of it will be contingent upon the Rutgers quarterback play. Good point. Uh, Bobby, I appreciate you um, coming on the show uh, 
before I open up for uh, calls, uh, uh, you know, tell everybody to check out your site tomorrow, scarlandnation.com. You're going to have that. Looking forward to see that listing of players uh, who are going to come out, recruits that to come out and visit the game. And uh, let everybody know where they can follow you and uh, the best place uh, to check you out. Sure, you can check us out on scarletnation.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Bobby Darren. And, uh, yeah, and any, you know, every day of the week we have something going on there. And uh, check us out. Great. Hey, bud, thanks again. It was good talking to you. All right, thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. All right. Guys, I'm going to open up uh, the lines. The number is uh, 914-338-1694. Uh, give me a call. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, talk a little Rutgers. Uh, and, again, I, I appreciate uh, Bobby coming on the show. Uh, you know, He's uh, one of the main content guys over there at Scarlet Nation. Scarlet Nation, of course, is uh, the rivals uh, uh, network. And, uh, you know, on this show, uh, you know, I have uh, I have I scout uh, Sam from Scout come over ScoutReport um, uh, dot com and you know a lot of uh, Rutgers fans like to uh, uh, and rightly so complain about some of the coverage that they have in the local media with you know NJ dot com but there are a lot of places uh, you know I've had Sal Soothsayer dot com uh, Sal come on uh, you know there's there's uh, Chop Nation there's there is places to find other uh, sources of information for Rutgers football. So uh, I definitely, you know, do that and try to get everybody on. So um, you also have an opportunity to give me a voice. So call in. Number is 914-338-1694. Let me take a call, and uh, uh, welcome to the Our Big Show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Can you you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you doing? Uh, And who's calling? This is uh, uh, John, John from uh, East Windsor. Um, I I follow you. Uh, I'm C eighteen zero four. And uh, oh yes, yeah, how are you doing? Podcast. I'm doing well. Doing well. It's my first time calling in because usually I'm uh, putting the kids to bed at <laughs> this time, but then they got to be <laughs> That's early why. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. You know, listen. Uh, this this is uh, this is you know something I love to do. It's a hobby, so I, I hear you. I got to do the same thing. That's why we do it at ten. <laughs> yeah, I understand completely. Hey, I didn't get a chance to really hear the show. Like I said, I was putting the kids to bed. But um, I had a couple of questions for you. Um, I don't know if you covered them already, but the first is, you know, with crew back and uh, MSU playing, I think it's like uh, three freshman DBs as well. Now, do you think that's going to open up things for Janarian Grant, you know, and the and the, and our tight ends like Archie Deard, Akano, and the other guy in Flanagan? And the second question is, you know, if uh, Leandro has a, uh, Laviano has a first half like he had with the Penn State game, you think that possibly opens the door for Hayden Reddick to get into the game in the second half? Uh, I want to number two first uh, because I think um, you are thinking the same question that we're all thinking as fans. And, you know, look, it's it's the famous saying, uh, you know, the, the most popular guy in the team is the backup quarterback, right? But – um, from my perspective, I think, you know, you, you had a quarterback battle that went down to the wire, right? And, you know, um, it really was Laviano's um, suspension for that first half that kind of, uh, you know, you know, sealed the deal. Or I shouldn't say sealed the deal, but, you know, ended the question. But we were all waiting to find out what really was truly uh, going to be an announcement, but it never came because of that situation. But the point being that these two guys – were so close in their battle that it was going down to the last week, uh, you know, you would think that if that was the case, that, that Laviano was struggling, 
Um, and, you know, it's late the third quarter and Rutgers only has uh, two field goals or, or, you know, only a touchdown. I mean, this is college football. You need to score some points. And, and why not? Why not give an opportunity um, to another player who is so close? But, you know, I asked the same question to Bobby, and uh, he kind of echoed this, the sentiment that people feel that Flood seems to be the kind of guy and the coaching staff that are taking that approach. Uh, they did it with Nova where, you know, if you win the job, it's yours, and I don't want to have you looking over the shoulder. So um, as much as I, you know, think that it should happen, I'm not so sure we'll see that change. But um, And then back to your first question in terms of career, I think absolutely it makes a, a big difference in, uh, you know, what Rutgers needs to do is is, is, is test those DBs early and, and let them know, you know, this is one of the best players in, in the league. And once you do that, the attention is going to be paid to him. And, and it does absolutely open up opportunities for Grant, Patton, Agredosi, and the other players. But uh, they will need time uh, from the offensive line to do that. But um, I think it does make a huge difference in, in that sense. Hi, great. Thanks. Appreciate uh, allowing me to call in and taking my questions. Uh, have a great show. No problem. Great. Thanks a lot, bud. And it, appreciate the uh, the call in. Um, before we wrap it up, uh, there is time if anybody else wants to come back in, 914-338-1694. And the whole Laviano um, Reddick uh, quest debate, I think, is uh, is a tough one, right? Because, uh, you know, it, it's you, you have to be care about it. I mean, uh, you know, none of us are at practice. Um, obviously, Bobby was, and, and um, but, you know, there's only so much that he, he could say about the situation, but what his opinion on the quarterback is. But, you know, they are going up against the number four team in the nation, and, you know, if the team plays poorly against the number four team in the nation, uh, can you put that, you know, solely on the quarterback? Uh, so, you know, I really don't see this being that type of game. Um, on the other hand, as, as a fan, you really want to see Laviano do well and, and it not be a, uh, a situation where the quarterback play um, is is a large reason that, that there was a loss. So uh, defensively is going to be the big thing. Uh, they're going to need to stop him. They scored 45 last year, so uh, Rutgers will need to stop Michigan State first. And then second, they're going to need to get some push on the offensive side of the ball so they can run and then set themselves up for play action and, and then utilizing uh, its full arsenal of receivers. So uh, it's it's a little bit of uh, catch-22, or I shouldn't say catch-22. There's a few things involved before it falls solely on the quarterback. Now, it's, as uh, you know, I mentioned, if it's a situation where there's four or five interceptions, uh, then that's different. But uh, I think... Um, you wouldn't see that sort of evaluation of changing the quarterbacks. Uh, at least you don't expect Rutgers to do that uh, unless uh, you know, there was a such egregious play of the position that uh, it had to be pulled uh, perhaps for a confidence reason. So, you know, that's what it is. Time for a little bit um sneak one more call. If anyone wants to get in there before we're out, we're at 914-338-1694. And, um, Looking forward uh, again next week, just a preview. We'll get a little bit more Big Ten talk. Uh, last week was kind of uh, an interesting week with the bye week. I was able to have uh, um, 
who's a huddle, uh, and uh, Shannon Summers is over from the Men of what is Men of Scarlet and Gray dot com uh, chat before the Ohio State and, and Indiana game. So we'll get a little bit more Big Ten talk as we'll have an Indiana representative next week. Uh, uh, apologies, we had some phone issues earlier with um, Hondo over at Spartan Nation. Uh, he's a great, uh, great, great guest I've had on, on the show before. So, uh, fortunately, could not get that going for this one. But uh, uh, maybe I'll get him back on, you know, later in the year. Uh, a great insight. One of the things that he mentioned last year, and I wanted to get him back on, was uh, how the policy of Michigan State of redshirting as many players as it can. Uh, I think it's very unique when a player does not redshirt part of their recruiting process. I personally would love to see Rutgers actually go to that. Uh, it's just a, a, a big difference when you're a 19, 20-year-old that's, that's coming into your third year or, um, and you just, from a maturity standpoint, have an advantage over players. Now, unfortunately, Rutgers, again, with uh, all the arrests and kickoffs and on the team, you know, playing two freshmen out there at the defensive side of the ball, but uh, you know, when you look back at the success that players like Logan Ryan, uh, Devin McCourty had, uh, you know, it, it's a you need to kind of work yourself into, especially the cornerback position, uh, be strong against the run, cover with your back against the ball. And, uh, you know, I want you definitely to chat a little bit about that. But, I, you know, it's something to keep in mind. Hopefully they can get to the point where they can redshirt a lot of their players. Um, and that will be mitigating uh, you know, some of the loss of, of not having the star-star quality, four- or five-star players that, that have yet to put in. But, uh, we'll chat about that. Again, I appreciate everybody coming on and listening to the show. Uh, this is all you fan Jerry's on, on Twitter, of course, and uh, we'll do this again uh, next week. And thanks again uh, for listening. And uh, if you have an opportunity, I'll try to get out there Saturday night. It's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be... Uh, 8 p.m. kickoff, a blackout. Um, of course, if you're not going to get out there, check it out on the Big Ten Network uh, and uh, help uh, give uh, Rutgers another uh, stellar uh, performance on the TV screen and hopefully the team responds by making this a uh, competitive and very uh, interesting game uh, heading into the rest of the season. So thanks again.